to dive into the word. Who's ready for the word? Give me a thumbs up if you're ready for the word. Give me a thumbs up if you're ready for the word. All right, awesome. Well, I want to talk to you about something that's, uh, that kind of jumped in my heart this week as I was um, taking time to prepare for this week, and I'm excited about the next coming weeks. You don't want to miss the next coming weeks. God is doing something special, and I want to preface that with what we're about to talk about this morning. So grab your coffee, have a seat, and listen in for the next, uh, the next few minutes as I share this word, because I want to talk to you about what's your scarlet thread? What's your scarlet thread? I'll explain that in a minute, but some of you may or may not remember the story of the book of Joshua where two men were uh, sent secretly to spy out land, including the fortified city of Jericho. After ending their mission, they spent the night at a house of a harlot named Rahab. Rahab. It is then that that word gets back to the king that these two men... Uh, these two men from Israel have been spotted in the land in multiple places, right? So they were spotted at different locations and they decided the king sends these uh, soldiers to Rahab's home. And he sends these soldiers to Rahab's home and demands that she brings out the men so that they can be taken to the king and interrogated as to what they're doing in the city. But she disobeys the order and hides the men in in, in, in a different place and among dry flax stalks in her roof. And, and then she tells the soldiers that the men are gone. Go get them because you know you're going to be able to catch them. They don't stand a chance. They, they just go get them. They're over there. And, and she sends them off. And what's amazing is uh, I thought to myself as I was reading this, and I've read this story multiple times. Raise your hand, somebody. Give me a thumbs up if you read this story before. You read the story before, right? You know the story? So some of you know the story, but here's something interesting. I asked myself, why would someone that is considered righteous lie to the king's men on behalf of these two foreigners? Well, let's pick up the story of Joshua chapter 2 for a moment. Let's do that. Let's begin in verse 8. So if you've got your Bibles, turn there. Turn or swipe to Joshua chapter 2, verse 8 and following. I'll give you a moment to get there. Joshua is the Old Testament. It's in the beginning portion of the books. After the first five books, it's located right there in the front end of your Old Testament. Chapter 2, beginning of verse 8, reads like this. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them or rather she came up unto them up upon the roof now read carefully what she says here look at verse 9 she said unto the men i know that the lord has given you the land and that your terror has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you in other words we know that you're coming and we know you're going to raid and we know you're going to take over this land now listen closely to what she says in verse 10 for we have heard how the lord dried up the water of the red sea for you when you came out of egypt and what you did to the two kings of the amorites that were on the other side of the jordan simon and og you destroyed them she goes on to say and then verse 11 listen closely and as soon as we heard these things soon as we heard these things very important our hearts did melt 
Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now watch this. She said, she said very specifically that we heard these things. And I want to be, be very clear that what you hear affects your faith. What you hear affects your everyday life. The more you hear negativity around you, the more you hear things that disrupt your spirit, man. The more you hear negativity, the more and more your spirit adopts that as its own. There are people in your life that their only purpose is to bring negativity on your life. And I'm telling you right now, they were not put there by God. I'm going to sip this because some of y'all are hearing me right now. There are people right now in your life, right now, that were not put there by God. And they are sitting there and they're spitting lies to you and lies to you and lies to you. And that's exactly what was happening. And Rahab saw that there is hope on the horizon. Somebody talk to me. There's hope on the horizon. And there she stood. And there she stood in a decision. And I asked this question. I go back to it in a moment. Here it is. Why did she lie to the officials about these two men? And yet later in the New Testament, her act was considered righteous. Pastor Tony, how could you lie and be considered righteous? Let me tell you something. The enemy has been lying to you over and over again. And you can defy it. The enemy has been lying to you over and over and you can defy it. So watch this. I'm going to go into that in just a moment. But, but let's, look at, let's jump to verse 17 for a moment. Can we do that? Because she realizes she has to pick a side. She has these two men that she knows there's a promise on the horizon that there's judgment coming on and she wants to save her family. Come on. Some of you are going to have to make some decisions that's going to rescue your family. Some of you are going to have to make decisions that, that completely uh, it says, you know what, I'm going to make this decision myself. I'm not going to allow someone else to make this decision for me. I'm going to stand for my home. Fathers, I'm talking to you. Mothers, I'm talking to you. Those of you that call yourself Christians, I'm talking to you. Stop talking about Christianity and start modeling it. Because most things are caught more so than taught. In our lives, we have a, a constant barrage of people saying a lot of things. But what do you believe truly? Verse 17. Now the men said to her. Now these are the men that she protected and kept them from the, uh, the harm of the king's men and the soldiers. The men said to her after she protected them. They said to her, this oath you've made us swear will not be binding unless when we enter the land... You have tied this scarlet cord or scarlet thread in the window through which you have let us down. And unless you have brought your father or mother, your brothers, and all your family into your house. Now listen, you know what they're saying? I wish I had me a red hanky right now. I'll tell you right now. I'm going to get me, I'm going to go T.D. Jakes and be like. They said, if you don't hang this red thread on your window, we won't know. And the judgment will still be upon your house. But hang on this because this is the sign of your faithfulness. And that hope of sign of faithfulness 
will be a sign to us that you are the one that believed in us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is big. This is for everyone that's listening. I don't care if you're a casual. It does not matter if you're a casual believer. If you only go to church once in a while, you kind of believe in God. Even if you're sitting back going, I'm not even truly sure I believe in God. This is for the person that's been in, in, in Christ a long time. This is for everybody. Listen to me. There comes a point where you're going to have to decide who you will serve. And it doesn't matter where you come from. It does not matter who your parents are. It doesn't matter that you once served God or you once gave, oh, I wrote a check one time for $1,000 to the church. They know who I am, and that's going to carry me over. Let me tell you something. That money right there is nothing in the kingdom of God. It's where your heart is. When the streets are made of gold, don't tell me about your $100 bill. Don't tell me about your $1,000 check you wrote. We're talking about a God whose streets are made of gold. So it doesn't matter where you come from. I want to tell you something. The truth is that this text began to really stand out to me that they heard and they understood and they made a decision. And Rahab, for her whole household's sake, made a decision. And I'm going to ask you today, where's your scarlet thread? Or, or even more so, what's your scarlet thread? Where is your hope come from? Come on, somebody. Give me a thumbs up. It's good. It's good right here. This has been speaking to me, man. As I was writing this and, and typing away, I'm just like, wow, this is just... Rahab tells the spies that Jericho has already been defeated. Listen, they didn't, it didn't even happen yet. You realize that? That the, the invasion had not happened yet. But in her mind, it already happened. Some of you got to decide that God has already ruled your household. It has already happened. It has taken place already. And some of you... have kind of give in you kind of been given in lately to fear and given into this and that and the other can i tell you right now what's your scarlet thread what's the thing you hope you're hoping in where's your promise what are you standing on rahab decided i'm not going to be ruled by the ones that are lying to me i'm going to be ruled by the ones that are good and they're coming to liberate they're coming to take the land because it's theirs it's right and god is in it are you hearing me See, when Rahab tells the spies that Jericho had heard how the Lord had dried up the Red Sea for Israel, she was talking about an event that happened, get this, 40 years ago. This is not something that just happened a few years ago. She was talking about an event that happened 40 years ago. What has happened in the last 40 years that will cause her to all of a sudden believe? What would bring her to that place where she says, you know what, now's the time. You know what, at that point, I believe with all my heart. And she said, I've I'm living in the moment where I have to decide right here, right now. Are you hearing this? So 40 years have passed and yet she still hung to that. Why? Because stories and stories have been told after the Lord delivered Israel from Egypt. Come on. Exodus chapter 7 through verse uh, chapter 7 through chapter 12 we see the entire exodus there beginning to unfold and it's just the beginning and then they're destroying the army uh, in, in exodus 14 we see that taking place and the mind-boggling destruction of Egypt Egypt was a superpower Egypt was a powerhouse Egypt had it going on they had all the fixings in that in that country and all of a sudden it was demolished their king was was embarrassed their magicians were were showed up and all these things had taken place and when the uh, the people of Israel left Egypt they didn't leave empty-handed either 
God took care of them, didn't he? Come on, somebody. God took care of them too. So let me, let me a moment, let me do for a moment what I, I kind of do when I read texts. I imagine for myself the storyline. How did this unfold? And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about maybe a grandpa gathering the family around the table one day, around their little table with a couple of, just imagine with me because I'm a very visual person. Imagine with me that there are candles around this grandpa and they were having dinner together, you know, and, and they were there and they were, they were eating together and they, one of them would look over to the grandpa and say, Papa, would you tell me again about how the people of Israel were delivered by God? Papa, would you tell us again what happened? And there they are. Well, let me tell you what happened. And grandpa would tell the story of how the Egyptians were, were holding the Israelites captive. And Moses came and, and he stood. And all these things and all the story and all the, all the kids are just captivated. You ever been captivated by a storyteller? And they're sitting there looking at their grandpa and they're saying, pa, tell us more, tell us more. Well, what happened next? He talks about the plagues and the theatrics that happened there. Then they, then they go on, tell us more. And then the Red Sea and that split. And Moses walked across with the people of Israel. Where two million people crossed over on dry ground. Grandpa, tell us more. And this is what's unfolding. Egypt, at this point, was a little over 6,500 miles from Jericho. That's like making a round trip from the West Coast to the East Coast here in the U.S. That's the distance. In a span of 40 years, Jericho had heard about Egypt's destruction from different travelers. Listen, this is not internet stuff. This is not like I'm going to shoot a text out to somebody in the East Coast. This is, they're going, and they're, they're, this word has spread over the 40 years across, like we would consider across the entire nation. Why? Because word travels. Friend, this word will travel well it'll travel well in your heart and i'm telling you every one of you listening here and every one of you online right now every one of you listening to this podcast let me tell you something there comes a time where you're gonna have to try to believe something bigger than you and this my friend is the deliverance of the people of god when you trust him and you put that scarlet thread outside your window and you make a declaration i am a believer I trust, I believe, I hope in something bigger. This is an important element I need you to understand. Rahab had settled in her heart that even with the walls of the city that had been built, she said, even with these wonderful walls of Jericho, you remember the walls of Jericho? They ain't going to be up for too much longer, right? And so even with these amazing walls that Jericho had, Jericho had great walls. These amazing walls stood nothing against God. And at that point, no wall would be able to stop her. And she knew that. And she stood on the side of the strangers. Why? Because her faith was in the men she just met because history was bigger than her happenings. Did you hear that? History. What God had done and the faithfulness of God. The faithfulness of how God had made himself known through every generation, through everything that had happened from the last 40 years. The happenings of God. We're bigger than the happenings of me right now. The things that are happening to me. In other words, the history was bigger than my happenings. Whatever's happening to me is right now. But God is eternal. And he has shown himself faithful at the Red Sea. 
faithful at Egypt and faithful even before that. History has shown that. So what am I saying? I'm saying that the promises are bigger than the problems. And those people understood. Rahab specifically understood that faith comes by hearing. And she had heard over and over and over again. Somebody know what I'm talking about? She had heard over and over again. How many, how many points does this message have? One. Here it is. Are you ready? God is faithful if you remain faithful. God is faithful if you remain steadfast. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. They had received faith because they heard over and over again the deliverance of God. Let me ask you, what are you hearing over and over again? Are you hearing virus over and over again? I don't want to hear the word virus ever again. I only want to read about it in the history books because I want this gone. But you, you cringe and you fear in this. Can I tell you something? Faith will come just as quickly. Did you know that you could, you could have fear and faith at the same time? Because fear is actually faith in the enemy's plan. Fear is the enemy's faith. Fear is believing that, the, that whatever it is that's coming against is going to take me and so I believe it. Now true biblical faith is different. True biblical faith says I believe God for his promises. Now listen, when you have fear, it's oftentimes faith in the wrong thing. I'm believing it's going to overtake me. I'm believing it's going to, you know, this, that, and the other is going to happen to my family. And can I tell you something? Trust in God today. Listen, we did not, like many, most all churches, close the doors out of fear. We closed out of understanding that we got to watch out for one another. But let me tell you something. Make it very clear. I fear no virus. I fear no man. I know one thing is for sure, that God is doing something special in lives, whether we have the building open or not. Make no mistake, though, we're going to open again. The church is never closed. Are you hearing me? Come on, somebody give me a heart or something right now. Give me, some, give me some hearts floating across the screen. Come on, somebody get me some heart. There it is. I like it. So here's what I'm talking about. There's a spiritual principle that the Lord has to help us understand is that Jericho heard about the destruction of Egypt enough times that it produced a little niche in their heart knowing that there's a possibility that they too can fall by the hand of the enemy, their enemy. For us, it was the people of God. But in 40 years' time, they had heard the same story from different travelers again and again and again. And there's some people that believed, and Rahab that day believed. That day, she believed. So the question that I want to pose to you is simply a few of these. Here it is. You ready? Are your fears being heard over and over again? Are you constantly hearing that fear over and over again, the fears that you have? Are your weaknesses being repeated over and over again? Are your failures being repeated over and over again? Because that will feed, that will feed to your uh, anxiety. Are your sins, let me tell you something, that there's a very real reality that people's sins are being reattributed to your record you can't even for god has forgiven you but you can't forgive yourself god forgave you a long time ago but you can't forgive yourself 
Can I tell you right, right now that, that, that there's a scarlet thread you can put outside your, your window and say, God, I believe you. You're my deliverer. You're my God. And I believe you over the lies. I believe you over the authorities that, that try to speak lies to me. Now listen. Matthew 9, 29 says this. Then he, Jesus, touched their eyes, that is the eyes of the blind men, saying, according to your faith, be it unto you. When you believe God, Jesus Christ can reach into your life, touch your life and says, may it be unto you. May this, according to your faith, make you whole again. And some of you are struggling still. Some of you are realizing that in your life, you're struggling with some things, but, but may it be unto you as your faith is declared. I like what Mark said. Mark said this in Mark chapter 5, verse 34. And he, that is Jesus, said to her, the woman with the issue of blood, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. She had heard that there was a healer in town. She had heard that there was somebody that could do what the doctors couldn't do for 12 years. Right? There's a very real God. And faith, friends, is a principle. It can work for us. It can work against us. It is entirely possible to have faith in the wrong things. You ever had faith in a relationship that, let's, let's just be honest, just completely blew up? One day, it was great. Next day, you were like, whoa, where'd that come from? You had, a, you had a friendship with someone. That blew up. Listen, stuff blows up sometimes. doesn't matter what you do right or wrong. Sometimes things just blow up. And sometimes things leave your life for your benefit. Sometimes you got to let people walk out of your life. Come on, come on, somebody. Some of you need to let some people just walk out of your life. Listen, because if you're going to declare God to be Lord of your life, there's some people that can't be there. They just can't be there. No matter how you slice it. The promises of God are detailed in the Bible, and you're hearing these words over and over again. And if you're hearing things in your life that don't belong there, you're feeding that. But this woman, she did something amazing. Her situation said, give them up. It's not your business. But she saw the long-term value in trusting and believing these men and protecting these men. Some of you need to protect the word God gave you a long time ago. Some of y'all need to protect the word God had given you and just believe him for it. I'm telling you right now, some of y'all need to protect the promise God had given you a long time ago. Protect that because there's some people that are almost designed to come into your life. And customize fear just for you. When you believe a lie, you empower the liar. And I want to tell you something. James 2 says this. In the same way, faith by itself, it is not accompanied by, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. James, good, good, good book. You want some faith? Go to James. James will tell you how it is. Verse 21. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac? On the altar? You see, that is the faith in action we're talking about here. 
Verse 26 of James chapter 2, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Rahab's work of faith was well documented here. She believed the men and understood that there is a promise on the horizon. There is protection on the horizon. That this scarlet thread was my sign that I believe. What's your sign that you believe? What's the thing that's making you believe? Let's go back to Joshua 2 for a moment, just for a moment. Because I'm going to begin to put this in a capsule for you to get. Because you need to understand this. Um, Joshua chapter 2, verse 12. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sign, a sure sign that you will spare our lives. She understood. I'm putting my trust in you. I need you to know that. Some of you need to open up your prayers. God, I trust you. And I put my life in your hands. Rahab asked the men to give their word and they did. Rahab's work of faith was having faith that what the spies had said they would do. Some of you know God's word but you haven't believed it in a long time. There's some people that know God's word. Some of you have been in the faith longer than I have been. Some of you have been in the faith your whole life. You're 50 and 60 years old and you know the word, but you don't believe it anymore. Something got in there, something creeped in, and something stole your joy. Can I tell you something? You can have it today. Don't let the enemy steal your joy. Some of you know the right answers. And, and like, if you're like my kids, when we're talking about, uh, you know, we do our devotions almost every single morning we do that. And uh, if they don't know the answers, they're like, um, Jesus, that's the answer. Like, um, Jesus, Sunday school, right? Jesus, that has to be the right answer. If very rarely is it not the right answer. Who you put your hope and trust in? Um, Jesus. It's always the right answer, right? You know the answers. And the question is not whether you know the answers. The question is, have you hung a thread showing that you know the answer? Not just knowing it, but showing it. Rahab showed it. She put a thread out and said, this is me. See, the negativity that's bombarding our world today, right now, is relentless. Friends, it's relentless. Because of the changes in the stock market and layoffs and panic, Everyday household items. Come on. You used to go and get toilet paper like this and like that. And all of a sudden, there came a period where you thought there was a plague and there was no toilet paper. And so all of a sudden, you can't get My wife and I have been still looking for Lysol. Three months later, we still can't find Lysol in any, any, any uh, uh, shelves anywhere. I mean, you just people just panic. Hand sanitizer was like liquid gold. I was getting a little better now. But maybe... Maybe you think social distancing is your scarlet thread. I'm going to hit a little home a little bit. I'm going to touch on this. Because you think this is my saving grace. Can I tell you something? Jesus is the only saving grace. Jesus is the only saving grace. Listen, I'm not saying don't social distance. I'm not saying don't get hand sanitizer. Get yourself some Lysol if you got some. But I'm telling you right now, that is not your scarlet thread. And it should never be. Jesus should be the one you hope in. So the Bible, God's own holy word, tells us this in Psalm 23, verse 4. Here it is. 
Yea, though I walk through the valley and the shadow of death. Come on, somebody. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Specifically, it's talking about fear. I will not let fear take over. Psalm 103, praise the Lord, my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 4. Be anxious for nothing, Philippians 4, 6. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, Hebrews 10, 23. Friends, the word is compact with this thought. And so let your scarlet threads, my friends, be the word of God. And understand this. When Rahab sent these spies away, listen to me closely now. When she sent the spies away, she knew Jericho would be destroyed soon enough. She had to just, come on, say it with me, hang in there just a little longer, right? Just, just hang in there a little longer. When Rahab sent those spies away, she understood that there was a greater promise she was looking at. When the spies left, she made sure all her family was under her covering. And that covering was very important right now. This is life and death, right? This is not, you know, let's come together uh, because we want to have lunch. Yeah, this is more like let's come together because everybody out there is in a situation. And we need to get, keep our home focused. Can I tell you, friend, wherever it is that you find yourself, get focused and get your thread out. Get your thread out. God has given us his word and it's chock full of scarlet threads, chock full of promises. And so here's my practical side, if you don't mind. God has given us his word and he has given us his word. And here's a couple things to help you kind of, uh, ladies and gentlemen, hear me closely. This is what we got to hold on to. Number one, we have to guard our hearts and minds. Guard your hearts and minds. Don't let fear creep in. Don't even give it an inch. It'll take a foot. Don't even give it a foot. It'll take a yard. Number two, that when everything and anything comes before you, take it to the throne of God. Anything that looks like there's a possibility that that thing could be opposing the word of God, take it right to God. Say, God, I'm thinking this. What do you think? I'm feeling this. What do you feel? Tell me what your word uh, is for me today. Because listen, God is not dead in case you haven't figured this out. And it shouldn't be just Easter where we say the tomb is empty. Every single day we should remind ourselves that the tomb is empty. God is not dead. He's alive. And he's alive and he's speaking. And you need to ask him from his very throne room, God, from your throne room to my ears, tell me what is it that I need to know about this situation that's not of you. And the third thing is simply this. The Bible is the only source of uh, scarlet threads in our lives. That scarlet cord she put out her window. And I want to tell you right now, put your faith in the promise, in the promise of God over the paranoia of the world. Put your faith in the promise over the paranoia. I'm going to ask my wife and, and Caleb to come on up here one more time. And I want to sing that song to close out because that's very important. Uh, my fear doesn't stand the chance when I, Stand in your love. And I don't know about you, but I, I contacted, I told my wife, I said, I want to sing this song this week. Can we make it happen? Because as I was preparing this, there was that constant, what are you standing on? What are you standing on? 
Because there's a lot of people standing on the very wrong thing today. And I want to encourage you, wherever it is, whether freedom is your home or you have another church and you're just, you know, you're just coming, you're just kind of tuning in. And I'm so glad you're here. I hope something I have spoken into your life today speaks to you. And so as we prepare to sing this song together, can I encourage you right now, right where you are? Can I encourage you to put your faith in the promise over the paranoia? Ladies and gentlemen, it's very clear. The world has a lot to say about this, that, and the other. But it's not chock full of hope. God knows. God knows. So as we sing this song, I'm going to close in just a moment. I'm going to have my wife sing this song together. Let's do it. Come on, sing it out with me, yes. Oh, my feet. 
time. My fear. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Come on, sing it right where you're at. We're so grateful today that God we are not leaning upon a God who doesn't know our needs we're leaning upon the God who saw us in Egypt you saw us in bondage you saw us being bound by the enemy and you set us free father I pray right now for every person at the sound of my voice that has been set free by the love grace and forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ and I pray God that they will be encouraged I pray for everyone that has not put their faith in Jesus, that they would put their faith in you. And to say, God, I put my faith in you and trust in you as my Savior and my Lord. Forgive me. Make me whole. And I want to come to you. Matter of fact, if you're listening to this broadcast right now, wherever it is, if you're listening right now and you're saying, I want Jesus to be my Lord, just repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life today. Remove the fear. And replace it with faith in you remove the paranoia and replace it with promises in Jesus name I want to follow you father I pray for every person in the sound of my voice that they would lay out that scarlet thread and that scarlet thread would declare that they are yours that they believed that they and their household believe that you are the deliverer you are the one that protects us. You are the one that guides us. Father, no Lysol, no social distancing, no nothing can do what you can do. While we acknowledge what we have to do in this earth, Lord, ultimately, we are in your care. And we trust you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, for every person listening right now, may your Holy Spirit help them through every difficulty. You are a good God. And we love you today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Friends, thank you for tuning in today. I hope that you were blessed by this. I encourage you to do a watch party. In fact, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to encourage you next week, if you feel comfortable doing this, have a friend over your house with some coffee. And, 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 and just have some coffee with your friend and watch us live. Do a watch party in your house next week. Have some friends over in your living room. And listen, you f do do what you want to do. If it's just you and your family, you still want to be distanced, that's fine. But let me tell you something. I don't know. I know where I'm at. It's turned yellow, and I want to start, I want to start seeing people again and being out. But listen to me. Whatever you do, don't miss the next few weeks of what God is doing here. Because God's got a word for you every single week. Share this broadcast. Let somebody know that there's a word out there that will encourage them. And we're so glad you joined us. And so glad on behalf of me and the Freedom Life team, 
uh, Freedom Life Church. We love you. We're so glad that you joined us. God bless you and have a wonderful week.